So welcome everybody to today's episode of the Independent Teacher Podcast. And I'm joined by Eva Neville. Hello, Eva. Hiya. Hi. Now, we go back quite a long way, don't we? So Eva is one of our guests who uh, was a student at uh, the school where, where I worked for many, many years. So we're catching up. And the focus of today's episode is obviously finding out about what you've been doing since you left school. But we've got a first for the Independent Teacher Podcast, a first guest who can tell us all about fashion and sustainable fashion, right? It's not an area I know an awful lot about, so (laughs) you shouldn't laugh. So Eva, can you just start by telling us uh, a little bit about what you did when when you when you left school, because you're another uh, of my guests who didn't go to college, university in the UK. You went to study in the USA, didn't you? So can you tell us about that, please? Yeah. So the application process is a lot more different to um, what it is in the UK. So I didn't have to go through um, UCAS or anything like that. And you just apply directly to the university. Um, so I applied to Parsons in New York and Savannah College of Art and Design and they have a campus in Atlanta, Savannah, Lacoste and at the time Hong Kong and I really wanted to go to the Savannah campus just to start off because it's so oriented towards first years and international students at that particular campus. Um, So I kind of applied to them and submitted a digital portfolio of just photos of textiles work that I'd done and paintings and drawings from my sketchbooks. And then when you do that, you're automatically considered for a scholarship. You can apply without a portfolio, but you just won't be considered for a scholarship. So the main thing for me was trying to get a scholarship so I could afford to go. It's a four year course, so it is a bit longer. So that's what I did. And then I was lucky enough to get into both and get scholarships into both schools. Um, But I ended up going to Savannah College of Art and Design just because, I don't know, I just had a gut feeling about it. And it was the top school that I really wanted to go to just because of the diversity. And even the classrooms were so colourful and full of um, inspiration and imagery that that was somewhere that I knew that I could design and be as creative as I could be. And what was it like being an international student then? How, how, how did that work out? So I didn't really meet many other people from the UK, maybe like a handful, five or six, um, but we do have a lot of students from India and China. Um, so really you kind of start I think about a week before everybody else joins so you can have an orientation and get to know other international students and there's like a club and society as well where you can meet other people um so it's really welcoming experience and I didn't ever feel excluded or like I didn't have the same opportunities or the same head start as anyone else that came from the U.S. But obviously it was daunting moving to a new country and having to adjust to the culture and um, pick up new vocab that, you know, you you wouldn't necessarily say here. So that did take a few years of getting used to. But yeah, it, it was it was good. And I think I really needed that. I just wanted something that was challenging, something I wouldn't usually do or have the opportunity to do. And a lot of people have asked me why I decided to go there. And my answer is just, why not? Like, why wouldn't I? There's nothing 
that says you can't go outside of the country or do stuff you know exciting and it might be scary but it's going to be helpful and um, better in the long run so I definitely think I became more confident and uh, yeah stepping outside of my box a bit yeah I know you just said why you know people ask you why did you do it and you say why not but what were the you know what were the challenges I'm not necessarily someone that is particularly outgoing especially like around new people so having to force yourself to be that person and I think a lot of Americans are very bubbly and outgoing and confident and they'll compliment you on the street and you know they'll just start a conversation with you which I was not used to at all um so that was definitely one of the challenges was just adapting to that and then just sometimes a bit of homesickness you know you just where you just want a hug from your mum and it's just not that easy um and then during COVID as well was really hard uh, being international and not not having that contact with my parents physical contact or seeing them for over a year that was really really difficult and having to bounce around different states and stuff staying with friends when there was lockdown on my campus um it was it was scary as well because you didn't really know how long it was going to go on for or whether I could get back into the UK or you know so I'll turn it around then what do you miss about the United States now that you're back in the UK the food <laughs> there is a drive-through on every corner every single corner um so I just miss the the easiness of that um but I also miss my friends and the people that you know I'm gonna have friendships with for the rest of my life that I still keep in contact with every single day my boyfriend is also based over there as well so like these aren't temporary friendships that I just made during you know my time there that they're going to be continued throughout my life and people you know I hope to keep seeing again whether I move back to the US or stay here um and I also just I think I actually miss like the structure of the school as well of SCAD and the community as well it's sort of not like UK unis where you'll specialize in fashion and you're just surrounded by fashion people you have people doing animation, doing film, photography. All my best friends are doing completely different things in different majors. And I think it also keeps you more rounded as a person because you're not always interacting with the same people, with the same experiences as you. So I, d- I do miss that, just always being around really creative people, doing different things, collaborating, stuff. Okay, so I want to take you back a little bit further to being at school and you went obviously to what we would both describe as a very academic school and you've gone down this creativity route so the first question is when did that love of art and design and fashion actually develop my mum was an art teacher um and I think I just remember always being excited when she would come home with sketchbooks to mark (laughs) and grade because it meant that I got to look through those sketchbooks and and look at every person's work and see their different like development artistic development and their niche and stuff like that so I was always surrounded by that um and you know I would always be like drawing and going to my mum and what can I work on next on this piece like what needs changing do I need to shade more here so I think painting and drawing were what I was what I learned to do first and really developed those skills 
and became strong in those skills. And then I think it was 2011, um, the VNA did an exhibition, a posthumous exhibition for Alexander McQueen. And I remember going to London for that with my mum and my family friends. And I just remember feeling so overwhelmed with like emotion and, and seeing these, these art forms that I never had exposure to. I'd never seen um, like dark couture, like dark romantic couture. And especially at that age, it was really um, moving. And I still remember the exhibition and, and the things I saw and the shoes that were on display and the jackets. And I remember thinking, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to have the same impact on people with my work. So in my GCSE and my A-level, I would explore like biological sort of um, like pregnancy and uh, abortion and the corsets that women had to wear in the Victorian times and how that would affect the fetus and all these sort of like gruesome things. Um, <laughs> and then it actually wasn't until sixth form that I was like, oh, I think I want to do fashion because I, I just, you know, previously thought I want to do textiles and oil painting and drawing. And then I was like, oh, I can actually do more with that and, and do fashion. So I kind of decided on that quite late, but I knew I wanted to do art. What do you most remember about being at school? I used to catch the train a lot. <laughs> so definitely the train journeys to and from school and just talking about the day and um, getting ready to go to school and just like the conversations, but also like revising on the train for tests and just, I think, just the people. Like, I just remember when I think about it, I just had like really fun times, even when you would, you know, like I said, you were just sitting and revising for a Latin vocab test, but you were making up songs and you were just having a laugh. Like those are the times that I really remember. And also the amount of time I spent in that art department as well. Over lunch times, break times, after school for as long as we could, but not because we had to, obviously we had to, because there was just a lot a lot of workload but also because I really enjoyed it and like the community that I had in there and the people there so yeah I just think the, the friends that I made um and the people yeah okay so I want to now find out more about you as a fashion designer tell us about some of the the awards that you've won so I was nominated by SCAD by my professors for um the CFDA, which is the Council of Fashion Designers of America. It's kind of like the um, British Fashion Council here for the Graduate Showcase Future of Fashion 2022. And um, I basically had to talk about innovation, um, sustainability in my graduate collection. Um, and then I was selected to showcase that collection during New York Fashion Week. Um, on that platform with my lookbook from my photo shoot and stuff so that was really really exciting and it's great exposure and it means that any future work that I do um, I'm now you know listed as a designer and I can upload those runway videos those uh, photos the lookbooks everything so it's given me a really like amazing platform for that um, and then I've just been nominated for the International Design Awards as well by SCAD. 
um, when they're paying for my submission, which is really exciting. Um, and then, yeah, the Distinguished Scholar Award, which I had during SCAD over the four years as well, which was based on um, academics and creativity. That must have helped you get some really fantastic internships as well, did it? Could you talk about those? Yeah, so I was able to build a really, um, like a, a portfolio of digital work, um, textile-based work, 3D work. And I applied for my recent internship at Dallara Finjikalu, which was in London for London Fashion Week, uh, which was an amazing opportunity. And I got to work with the design team and Dallara herself. Um, and then also running... Um, working backstage at the runway as well, which was really exciting. And it's given me kind of like a step forward in the fashion world. And so I got to organize the looks and work with the stylists, um, dressing the models as well, getting them ready for the runway, quality controlling, and making sure there was no loose threads hanging off the pieces and stuff like that. But it was very exciting. Can you tell us about that particular designer? Yeah. She's a, a Turkish-based designer. She's now in London. She's Turkish-born. And um, a lot of her pieces are... I think they, they make commentary on her life. So, like, the recent collection um, was kind of a step inside of her mind and um, looking at her past and her cultural identity and who she is now, kind of breaking away from the, the ideals for women um in in her culture and religion um and and who she is now kind of moving to London so a lot of the pieces are inspired like by Victorian silhouettes and boning and patterning and, and construction and... and tell me about your collections your designs I'm also interested to find out a little bit about sustainability sustainable fashion as well because that's so important so at the moment for the past few years I've kind of just been developing my identity as a designer and my niche in the industry. And I focused mostly on organic forms um, and decaying forms as well. So things like moss and uh, leaves, skeletal, like the skeletal structures of leaves as they start to degrade, um, kelp and seaweed and the movements of, of those plants. And kind of looking at like the growth in that way, but also the the ugliness and the decaying and the the smells and the textures and the colours that come with that death. So I've been focusing on that a, a lot recently. I can't really seem to walk away from it. Every project I do always ends up coming back to that. Um, so I, for my graduate collection, I didn't really find a textile that I really wanted to work with or like a fabric that I could buy. So I ended up creating my own by using discarded old threads at school um, and collecting those sorts of greens and browns and neutral earth tones. And then using my home sewing machine and embroidering them over each other to kind of create a solid piece of fabric. Um, and it kind of had like a knit-like texture to it where you could pull it and it would stretch a bit. Um, but that really is something that I would love to focus on and, and continue that textile throughout my collections in the future because I just feel like, I don't know, that's something that I've really enjoyed creating and has, um, I think, caught people's attention, especially on TikTok. Um, 
I've been able to build a little platform just kind of videoing my process and how I make things um, and I think people might really enjoy watching that and from sketch to final product um, but sustainability wise I always try to be really conscious of the fabric I'm using so dead stock fabrics um, are a great way they're like final final fabrics that can't be sold anymore they're being discontinued but they're not going to the landfill so um, a store will buy that fabric and sell it for cheap and also scraps as well they'll sell scraps of fabric stuff that's not big enough to sell but it might be half a meter or a meter left of that fabric and they'll never have it again so that's also um, one of the ways that I try to be conscious about that and, and avoiding landfills as much as possible and creating pieces that are really interesting and high quality. So you're spending money on one piece that is really interesting. You can wear it multiple ways um, rather than being frivolous and sort of spending more money on lots of items that will only last in the wash once or, you know, you'll only wear for two weeks and then you won't feel like wearing it again because it's not really you anymore. So kind of creating pieces that aren't really on trend so they don't go out of fashion, if, if that makes sense. And just kind of using whatever I have around me, pretty much trying not to um, to spend and, and using up what I have. I literally just bought some uh, ribbon but it's, it's offcuts from saris from uh, the, the factories in India. And it's just, you know, scraps of fabric that would otherwise end up in landfill. But uh, it's really beautiful because it's raw in texture and um, it hasn't been dyed. So kind of making use of stuff that would be discarded and is disregarded and, and giving it life and importance. Okay. So, so what... Um... What qualities do you think you need to be really success, successful in the fashion world? To have thick skin. Um, the industry does not discriminate and you can be really talented and have amazing ideas, um, but sometimes things just don't work and it's okay. It happens to everyone. And learning not to take it personally and not get hung up and put all your eggs in one basket over one opportunity and kind of banking on that opportunity to work. Um, so I would just say thick skin and just to keep moving, even when you have something amazing, that's great, put it aside, just keep working on what you're doing. And I would also just say, just being pleasant and friendly because you're going to work with so many people and and you never know who's going to open those doors for you so I think even if you're not really confident and outgoing like I'm quite introverted I think just being friendly and smiling and being personable goes a long way you don't have to be the loudest in the room all the time um so yeah I think those are my my tips okay we're almost at the end of our conversation it's gone very quickly so if I were to come back and talk to you in 10 years time what would we be talking about I have a really exciting runway idea in my head for a collection so hopefully in the next few years I get to do that and we will be talking about that yeah and just kind of the steps that hopefully I will be taking um, to also create a more sustainable future for fashion I think definitely and thoughtfulness um and hopefully the things I've accomplished during that time 
do you have somebody that you model yourself on in terms of the fashion world or somebody that you you know that you really look up to and somebody whose career um you think you you just look at it and you just think oh that's just amazing and that's that's the kind of journey I'd like to go on myself I I I think definitely female designers as a whole um because I think so many brands are owned by men especially women's wear brands so I look to female designers designing female clothes definitely as inspirational but I I think probably the most influential designers for me will be Vivian Westwood and McQueen and those like British designers that have kind very like very much influenced my own designs hopefully not to the point where they look exactly the same uh, that's what I try to avoid um but I think Vivian Westwood has a lot of social commentary on her on her in her designs so that is very inspirational for me like I want to make those sorts of commentary not the same ones but my own perspective and I think McQueen um with his daring and gothic but romantic designs as well and his creativity um, and, and theatrical nature of the runway and creating it an art performance rather than just models walking down a catwalk. Um, but there are just so many, so, so many designers that, that inspire me. Can I just say, Eva, thank you ever so much for joining us on the Independent Teacher podcast. It's been a brilliant episode. I've certainly learned uh, a lot from you and I am going to be coming back in, in 10 years, but I'll probably be speaking to your PA, you know, and you'll, be, <laughs> uh, well, you'll probably be in New York or, or, or something like of London or, or Paris, maybe, or, or somewhere. Yeah, Paris, Milan. <laughs> Not, uh, where is it, Cumbria at the moment. Where we are. <laughs> Eva, thanks ever so much for joining me today. It's been brilliant. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. You have been listening to the Independent Teacher Podcast. If you like listening to this podcast, please consider giving us a five-star rating either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts.